seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 41 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barham, and yes, that's what you call a winning streak. As St. John's wins 92-83, surviving 50 minutes of in-game action. Two overtimes in Chicago, taking down the DePaul Blue Demons in double OT. Thanks to ice water in his veins by Dylan Adaiwusu on an amazing play drawn up by assistant coach Van Macon as tired legs proved to be the downfall for DePaul as they were held scoreless in the second OT period and the Johnny's win. 92-83. Johnny's backing up that Providence win at Madison Square Garden with a win on the road to improve to 16 and 11, 6 and 10 in the conference as DePaul falls to 9 and 17, 3 and 12 in the conference. Prior to the game, the school told me that Andre Curbelo would not play in this game, not available for a second straight game, suspended due to a coach's decision. He did not travel with the team to Chicago, so it would be another game where St. John's is quote-unquote shorthanded without their transfer from Illinois. This would be the third game that Andre Curbelo would miss this year. If you remember, he also missed the Marquette game where we saw him incognito in the stands and then in the press conference after the game. No reason was given as to why Andre Carbello was suspended for both games, just that it was a coach's decision. When Mike Anderson was asked about it, he did not elaborate, and so we are left to speculate. Perhaps it is the social media, perhaps it is something that he's doing behind the scenes, who knows, but we don't know anything concretely for now, and so we are taking this on a game-by-game basis with Andre Carbello. As far as the game goes, this one was quite the roller coaster. A lot of ugly habits in the first half, but man, the late game heroics certainly overshadowed things that happened in the beginning of the game, and it took more than the 40 minutes necessary to get this one done, and so we'll quickly touch on it. First, I do want to mention and preface this, that the first game that St. John's and DePaul played way back on December 7th was a very different game, and the roster makeup was completely different for both teams. DePaul did not have Yorane in that game. DePaul did not have Caleb Murphy, and DePaul did not have Nick Ungenda, which proved to be a really big difference in this game, Nick Ungenda does. And Yorane, who was having a good first few minutes and then got hurt and was actually out for the rest of the game, so that proved to be really pivotal as well. But St. John's was a really different team on December 7th also. St. John's was 8-1 and before that game, before proving to 1-0 and in the Big East. That was a blowout win, 86-67 at Carneseca Arena. Montez Mathis was still on that team before he got hurt. AJ Storr only played 10 minutes in that game. So you had a really different makeup of a team back then on both sides. So this would get started and in the first half, St. John's is down by seven at the break because of really bad three-point defense. They allowed Javen Johnson to have four threes. All of them were wide open. DePaul was shooting 44% from the floor and 50% from three. St. John's was doing a really bad job on rotating. They didn't press in the first half. They turned the ball over nine times, and they were getting no help from Posh Alexander, who was 0-4 from the floor, had three rebounds, two assists, and two turnovers. I want to quickly go through this first half because really the crux of 
everything is really in the second half and the overtimes. You had a poor first half. St. John's wouldn't lead and they didn't lead the game until two minutes into the second half. So you have a poor half. As a team, you have multiple storylines going into this game. Andre Curbelo missing the game. David Jones, first time back at Wintrust Arena since transferring. You got the win against Providence. You want to build off of that, right? You prove that you didn't give up in that game. You didn't give up in the season. So I would assume that these are the themes and the things that are being talked about at halftime because you saw a really different team after the break. AJ Store had nine points, five rebounds, and two assists in that first half. He was two of four from three. David Jones in the first half, seven points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals, three of eight from the floor. We're going to get to his shot selection and the amount of shots he took in a second. But you saw a really big difference at the start of the half. Now again, St. John's down 39 to 32 at the start of the half, but what do they do as soon as they come out of the locker room? They press. They press right away and they forced a lot of turnovers. DePaul turned the ball over three times in the first three minutes because of that press defense that made him so uncomfortable. St. John's goes on a 10-0 run right out of the break and takes a 42-39 lead. The problem is as it has been all year, is you got that momentum. You were able to get the lead back. You fought so hard to get that lead back. And DePaul answers with an 8-0 run of their own. Now, that 8-0 run was really frustrating because you're sitting there and it's like, hey, Mike Anderson, why aren't you calling the timeout? Stop the bleeding. You've seen this movie over and over again, and it just doesn't happen. At the under-12 timeout, DePaul goes on a 13-2 run, and at 8-25, it's 65-54. St. John's is playing terrible defense. They're leaving all of DePaul's shooters wide open from three, and you're getting poor possessions at a timeout. So on one hand, you ask Mike Anderson to call a timeout to draw something up. On the other hand, when he does call a timeout and draw something up, it's not really working. Or whatever he's saying in the huddle, maybe he's not drawing something up, it's not working. So this would be a game of runs. The second half really was a seesaw back and forth back and forth and DePaul really didn't do a good job holding on to the lead they didn't play smart and again I think very much like people talk about St. John's where there's some coaching question marks there's discipline question marks there's talent question marks perhaps a lot can be said about DePaul now personally and I said this after the first game and when talking to people I think DePaul is a lot better than their record is they've got some really good players on that team Nick Agenda was his first game back all season of course a player comes back against St. John's how many times have we seen that happen and he had a great game he had eight blocks in this game but you got decent players Jalen Terry Deshaun Nelson Umoja Gibson Javen Johnson these guys can play they can put up some buckets St. John's would go on their own little run 12 to 2 three minutes to go it's 71 68 DePaul has the lead and then this is where it all happens this is what we need to talk about Jalen Terry was 0 for 4 for the entire game so far he played just a handful of minutes he comes into the game with just a few seconds left in regulation and hits a three from Rockford, Illinois because A.J. Store goes under a screen from 35 feet away giving him way too much space. Call it a rookie mistake, call it a freshman mistake, call it inexperience, but that can't happen. And DePaul takes a three-point lead with just seconds left on the clock. And the next thing that happens is really one of the best plays and moments of the season. Down by three on the road, 79-76, 2.6 seconds left on the clock. St. John's huddles up. The first thing that you see is assistant coach Van Macon grabbing the whiteboard and getting ready to draw up a play. This play would be to try to tie the game and go into overtime. So if you're DePaul, what do you think? Well, they're going to get the ball to A.J. Store. He's their best three-point shooter. That's where the ball's going. We got to take him out of the play. 
well, we got to watch out for Rafael Pinza. Maybe he gets the ball also. David Jones is out there too. We know what he can do. Dylan Adaiwusu, he can hit a three from time to time. We know Joel Soriano is not going to hit a three, so those are your options. But St. John's did a good job of throwing multiple options out there. But what Van Maken drew up is the most impressive thing here, and I'm going to walk you through it. Posh Alexander sets three screens on this play to help make it happen. The first on Rafael Pinzon's man, Deshaun Nelson. Rafael Pinzon starts running to David Jones with the ball on the sideline and into the corner. As he starts running, Umoja Gibson shifts over to help Pinzon from not catching it in the corner. As that happens, Posh screens AJ Storrs' man, Gabrowit, who then goes running to the ball into the corner as well, Storr does, and away from Dylan Adaiwusu. All this motion and screening put DePaul completely out of position, and there were four guys on the right side of the court guarding only Store and Pinzon, who were basically decoys in the corner. Jones, who again has a 6'11", Nick Ogenda jumping in his face, throws the pass across the court as Posh Alexander sets another screen facing the other direction on Javen Johnson, who was supposed to be guarding Dylan. Dylan slides into his open spot, and if you kind of paid attention, Dylan was looking like he was a little uh, not sure what the play was. This was a good acting job. He slides into his spot in front of the St. John's bench, catches the pass from David Jones, who throws it perfectly, as Javen Johnson and Deshaun Nelson, who were out of position just by a little bit, are flying at him to contest the shot. Go to my Twitter, at Dave underscore eight, that's Dave with two E's, D-A-V-E-E underscore the number eight, for an awesome angle of the shot that goes in as Dylan Adaiwusu catches this pass and with ice water in his veins, drills it with 0.5 seconds left to go. Now you would think, all right, we're going to overtime, but wait, as the dust settles here this game isn't over but first let's just talk about this play a little bit more if you go and watch this really complex play if you watch it on its surface it looks like just a couple of screens and he gets the shot and all right great he makes it if you break it down and really look at how much was happening on this play all those three screens by posh alexander helped something else happen there go watch it go to my twitter and watch the video this other angle is a really really nice look at it posh alexander three screens that that helps open up so much and pushes all of DePaul to the right side, the right corner of the floor, and then gets Deshaun Nelson and Javen Johnson just enough out of position that they can't get a good closeout on Dylan Taiwusu. Now, they did a really good job. This was a tough-as-nails shot. In my opinion, this was such a high-pressure situation. This is stuff you see in the NBA where you just got to catch and shoot it. And in the NBA, you see this a lot where guys are so good that they don't need a lot of space. They don't need a lot of time. They'll just get it. And if they have a glimpse of an opening, they're going to shoot it and they're going to make it. And that's what Dylan Adaiwusu did. So really, really good props to Dylan for making that shot. Really great job for the entire team of executing the play that Van Maken drew up. Super, super big kudos to them. Great job by Van Maken. I'm telling you, he grabbed that clipboard and he said, this is what we're running. And they executed it to perfection. Bravo. But the game's not over. We got 0.5 seconds to go. DePaul's got the ball under St. John's basket. They throw a Hail Mary down the court. Ball goes right out of bounds. St. John's gets the ball back. 0.5 seconds under their own basket. Hey, we got a shot here. The ball gets inbound to David Jones. He could be the hero in his first game back to Wintrust Arena in the corner. The shot is up. Rims out. 
going to overtime. In overtime, St. John's bad three-point defense continued. Javen Johnson was continuing to get open threes, but man, were they tired. This seemed like they got tired and they got worn out. So it seems like St. John's speed and pace, where they play a top three paced game in the country, got to DePaul because they did not have any legs under them in this game, not in the last 10 minutes. Shots were coming up short in the first OT and the second OT, but the three-point defense wasn't good, and it terrifies you because you know who's coming up next, and that's Creighton at home. But in overtime, again, only four points were scored apiece, so not great basketball. St. John's had a chance with 30 seconds left in the first OT after a Deshaun Nelson misses a shot. They had a timeout to use. Mike Anderson doesn't call a timeout, and St. John's dribbles the ball around and gets a shot clock violation, leaving five and a half seconds for DePaul to try and win the game. DePaul would turn the ball over as St. John's pressure defense continued. St. John's had the ball three seconds left. David Jones would drive and get blocked on a layup attempt. And we go to a second OT. David Jones has a lot of good in his game. He is an aggressive rebounder. When he's going to the rim, he can be an asset. But sometimes, and perhaps there was hubris, perhaps there was revenge on his mind in this game. Too many shots, too many misses. Six for 23 on the game. One of seven for three from David Jones. Not acceptable. Can't do it. 13 points and 13 rebounds looks good on the surface. But man, 13 points on 23 shot attempts. That is terrible. You got to be better than that. So we go into a second overtime. And like I mentioned, it's tired legs for DePaul. They do not score a single point in double OT. St. John scores nine points and wins the game 92 to 83. Should it have taken two overtimes to beat DePaul? No. Should it have taken one overtime to beat DePaul? No. But that's what it took. For a second straight game, St. John's fought. St. John's without Andre Curbelo found a way to win. St. John's without Andre Curbelo down by 13 points with six minutes and 45 seconds left in the second half came back to tie the game and came back to win the game with 10 extra minutes to play these guys were tired they were beaten up and they won the game that says a lot and you have to be proud of the team for doing that they could have given up when they were down by 13 but they did not so kudos to these kids they fought and that's what i've been asking for all season all throughout the losing streak you wanted to see fight you wanted to see pride well you could have wilted and died when you were down by 13 you could have wilted and died when you were down by three with 2.4 seconds left on the clock now, yeah, we're going to sit here and say, why didn't Tony Stubblefield foul St. John's when they were up by three points and there was two seconds left on the clock and they could have sent St. John's to the line and not let them tie the game? Why'd you allow them to do that? That's only a question that Tony Stubblefield can answer. Listen, not a great game by St. John's at all, all right? They were 16 for 39 on layups. They missed 23 layups in this game that is crazy but listen when a team is going to allow you to hang around when a team is not going to salt you away by fouling you up three take what you can get use your style against them use your pace against them you tired them out great you won the game that's what you're supposed to do moving on javen johnson played 50 minutes every single minute for depaul he had a big big game 26 points umoja gibson 46 minutes had 17 points Deshaun Nelson 15 points in 40 minutes for DePaul they got some players on this team man Nick Agenda in his first game back he did foul out late played 28 minutes this guy had 11 points six rebounds and eight blocks holy cow if he was healthy all year we'd be talking about him as one of the shot block kings in college basketball 
on the other side, like I mentioned, Posh Alexander, not a great game on offense. One of seven from the floor. He only had six points, and four of those were from the free throw line. He did have eight rebounds. He had seven assists, two steals in 41 minutes. You really wanted to see more from Posh Alexander. But Posh is banged up. He's always banged up. I'm being told he's playing through a few injuries like he always is. No Andre Curbelo. Posh seems a little bit more comfortable out there. We'll see what he can contribute in the next game. AJ Store, 14 points, 5 of 14 from the floor, 7 rebounds, 3 assists in 41 minutes. And what a night it was for Dylan Adaiwusu. Yes, we're going to watch that three-pointer that fell to send St. John's and DePaul into overtime for a very long time. But Dylan Adaiwusu had a career-high 24 points in this game. He matched his career-high with 11 rebounds. It's just his second career double-double. But Dylan Adaiwusu was the man late in the game. The last four minutes and 18 seconds of regulation, Dylan scored 11 of the final 15 points for St. John's to force overtime. As St. John's was down by four, Dylan Adaiwusu had consecutive layups for St. John's, a fast break, and a big steal at midcourt again to tie the game. He was awesome in this game, and he was a big factor. In the overtimes, he was hitting threes to seal the game. This was the Dylan Adaiwusu game. 45 minutes played, a plus-minus of 13, 24 points, 9 of 19 from the floor, 3 of 6 from deep, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals. That's a winning game. Ho-hum, another double-double for Joel Soriano this 21st of the year. 21 points, 16 rebounds, 44 minutes played for the big man. 9 of 10 from the free throw line. You love that. I thought Omar Stanley played well in this game. He was perfect from the floor. 3 of 3. Had 10 points. He even hit a 3, which surprised everybody on social media. 3 of 4 from the free throw line, which is really good for him. Only 14 minutes. You hope to see some more from him. But again, Omar Stanley always contributing well. Again, my main takeaway from this game is that St. John's fought. They fought back hard. They didn't allow adversity to beat them this time. Down by 13, and you win the game. Kudos to Van Make for drawing up the play at the end there and St. John's finds a way to win the game and will themselves to victory as they have Creighton coming up next. Again, I implore everybody, go to my Twitter account, Dave underscore eight, that's D-A-V-E-E underscore the number eight and check out that video of the play that sent it to overtime on the Dylan Adai Wusu shot. Really awesome stuff to see. I know we haven't seen much out of that half court offense for St. John's, but this is a really nice play. Really hope you guys check out and appreciate how it worked out. Up next, like I mentioned, it's Creighton at St. John's in just a few days. That'll be on Saturday night. It's bobblehead night. Bill Schaefer is the bobblehead for the first 2,500 fans that are in attendance. St. John's hoping to play a little bit more defense than they did against their first matchup where Creighton dropped 104 points on them in their own gym. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the status of Andre Curbelo is going into this game. Game. But for now, St. John's is 16 and 11 for the year, 6 and 10 in the Big East. They sweep DePaul as they're supposed to. And now they'll see what the remaining four games of the schedule have in store for them. St. John's will face Creighton, as I mentioned, on Saturday, February 18th. Then it's Georgetown on the road on February 22nd. They're at Madison Square Garden to play UConn on February 25th. And they wrap up the season on the road in Wisconsin against Marquette. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. Hope to see you at Carneseca Arena on Saturday night. 
Let's see if St. John's can make it three in a row. Let's see if St. John's can get some revenge on Creighton. A big gutsy win against DePaul on the road. It's back to Queens. See you at Cardiseco Arena. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies!